General George Washington and his battered army retreat to Valley Forge, mend their wounds, and wait out the winter, one of the coldest winters ever. But there wasn't enough food or clothing or even shelter, and men were dying. Most had served their military duty already and were free to go home, but not one soldier left. They stayed and endured and survived to fight again. They, too, knew the cost of freedom, and yes, they paid it. Nathan Hale, a young captain at only age 21, had become a member of an elite fighting group called the Rangers. These Rangers were assigned to carry out dangerous and daring missions. George Washington himself needed a volunteer, and Nathan Hale stepped forward. His assignment was to cross into enemy territory, posing as a Dutch schoolmaster. His job? To get certain key information regarding the British military and bring that vital information back to General Washington. He did get the information, but during his return, he was discovered as a spy, captured, and prepared for a spy's punishment. No trial, no talk, immediate execution by hanging. Then, on September the 22nd, 1776, as the hangman's noose was placed around his neck, Nathan Hale's final words were incredible. I regret I have but one life to lose for my country. Oh yes, Nathan Hale knew the cost of freedom and he paid it. But it did not end there. Since those first shots were fired in 1776 by our first patriots seeking freedom, literally millions upon millions of brave American patriots have fought to keep our freedom. And all of these throughout our centuries have played their own great part in keeping us free. And I thank God for them. And speaking of God, let us never allow ourselves to forget who the true father of our nation is, Almighty God. Without him, there would be no free America. General Colin Powell has summed it up with these words. He said, these are the powerful constants in our life, our constant devotion to the principles of freedom, democracy, and free enterprise, our constant belief in the great promise of this country, and that the best is yet to come. Why? He says, because our country exists by the grace of divine providence, a divine providence that gave us this land and told us to be good stewards of it and good stewards of each other, this land that God has truly, truly blessed and that we are proud to call our America. Wow, how so true. Let us forever bless his name for this wonderful gift of liberty. And this is why we celebrate. This is why we fly our flags and hoop and holler and pray. And today, we're going to spend this next hour telling some amazing stories of our America. And I've dug deep into our history books to find many stories you will be hearing today for the first time ever. There is this little known man in our American history. His name is Jack Joette. During the Revolutionary War, despite great danger, this man rode right into the face of death to save one very important man from sure death or capture. This man he saved, Thomas Jefferson. And another story concerns our colonies when we declared our independence from England. How did the colonies come together to fight the most powerful military force in the world? Well, 
There was this preacher, this circuit-riding preacher, who played a great part to unite our colonies into one nation. His name, George Whitfield. And how about this one? Does our flag have the power to save American lives? Does it have the power to keep us free? You see, over the last two years, there's been quite the controversy over our flag, Old Glory. And many would lead us to believe that our flag is just a piece of cloth. But is it just a piece of cloth? And today on this program, you'll hear the single most powerful story of our flag that I have ever heard. It was at the World War II battle on the island of Iwo Jima. This is one story, one true story, that your entire family must hear. And finally, we'll take a look at we the people. We all know those who have gone before us, but what about now? How can we the people in this year save our America? I'm taking a break now, but while I'm gone, take this little quiz. On our American flag, how many stripes are there? And why do we have that number of stripes? And the stars? How many stars and why that amount? And what do the stars, or should I say, who do those stars represent? Finally, what about the colors, red, white, and blue? What do they stand for? <laughs> You're going to get some good answers when I return. I'm Jerry Stewart. So glad you're with me today as we walk through this very special Independence Day program. I'll be back with more after these messages. We the People is brought to you in part by Argosy University, Tampa and Sarasota. Captain Matt here. One of the great things about Freedom Boat Club is that they're always adding new ports. The latest Freedom Boat Club location is downtown Tampa on Harbor Island behind American Social and Jackson's on South Harbor Island Boulevard. Now you can leave your downtown Tampa office and hop right on your boat for an after-work cruise. Just reserve your boat online, and you're on your vessel minutes after you arrive. Call 855-FREEDOM, that's 855-FREEDOM, or go to yourboatinglife.com forward slash the answer and tell them the captain sent you. Hello, I'm Jeff Day, president of Argus University's Tampa and Sarasota campuses. If you're a member of the military, a military spouse, or a veteran interested in earning a college degree, we should talk. As a military-inclusive college... We are committed to providing support for your education and career goals. Our undergraduate and graduate degree programs are designed to prepare you for a variety of careers in psychology, counseling, education, business, and criminal justice. To learn more, go to argosy.edu slash Tempa. Captain Matt here, and I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying driving my Nissan Murano from Moss Nissan. If you're ready to step into an upscale sport utility, the Nissan Murano is by far the best value in the marketplace. The Murano gets high marks for looks, luxury, and comfort with features that vehicles costing tens of thousands of dollars more cannot duplicate. The Murano's zero-gravity seats feel like you're riding on air, and with my back, comfort is so important. And with Murano, you're talking great performance and economy. I got 30 miles to the gallon on the highway the other day. Take the Moss Nissan Challenge. Before you buy another sport utility, test drive the Murano at Moss. You'll be blown away by the style, ride, quality, and comfort. First responders, veterans, and active military get especially good treatment from Moss Nissan with their preferred pricing program. Two locations to serve you, US-19 in Crystal River and on US-19 in State Road 54 in Newport Ritchie. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. And tell them the captain sent you. Hello, this is Kelly Stewart. Are you hearing some of these powerful stories of America today for the first time? 
How would you like to get your own copy of today's program to share with your family and friends? Today, we are offering two specials for this 4th of July. That's right, two different ways to get this program. First, you can get today's program on CD for only $11.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. Or ask for the 4th of July special and get all this. Today's program special on CD and an autographed manuscript of the program to read for yourself, even to share at church or school. But order right now, and in addition, you will also get Jerry's book, Saving America, for no additional charge. All this for sixteen ninety five plus five dollars shipping and handling, a total cost of just twenty one ninety five. Call eight one seven five seven six two nine seven six now to place your order, or go online to our website at www.jerrystewartusa.com. Let's keep America going in the right direction. Let's be positive. Let's be patriotic. But most of all, let us be praying. That number again, 817-576-2976. Or go online to jerrystewartusa.com. Call now. Thanks, Kelly. I need to encourage each of you today to stand up, to speak out for our America, to sit down with your family and to examine and study the rights our founding fathers gave to us along with our freedom. But more than anything, don't just take the rights. Take responsibility. Be part of the solution for our America. Now, back to the show. We the People is brought to you in part by Auto Glass America. I know not what course others may take of the United but States. For me, in order to form, give me liberty or give me death. Ask not what your country can do we for you. These truths Ask to be what you can do for your country. That all men are created equal. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Hello and welcome back to this special Independence Day program. I'm Jerry Stewart. One of the things I like so much about this 4th of July is all of the flags. In my town today, thousands of American flags are flying up and down our city streets. They look really pretty. And ever since that first Independence Day celebration in 1776, literally millions of Americans have followed this honored tradition by proudly flying their flags. But surprisingly, today, there are some Americans who don't seem to really care much about our flag. They just don't believe it's that important. But they're wrong. Our United States flag is very important, and it's played a big part in the history of our nation. In fact, its very design tells our history. It has 13 stripes, one for each of our original 13 colonies. It also has 50 stars, one star for each state in our union. One of these stars is for your state, your home. You see, our flag represents us and just, well, who we are. It tells our story. The colors red, white, and blue are also part of our story. The color red stands for courage, white for purity. The color blue stands for perseverance and justice. So when our flag flies, it tells everyone that we are 50 individual but united states, that we stand for justice and will do whatever is necessary to protect the innocent. 
It also warns others not to be too quick to take us on, because if challenged, we will courageously persevere and never give up. Yes, our flag says a lot, and we owe our flag even more. When I was a young boy growing up in Texas, each school day we would stand next to our desks and proudly recite the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag. As kids, we were taught to stand tall and straight when we recited the pledge. You didn't bashfully mumble the words, and you didn't take your eyes off the flag. It was a time of great respect, and we were taught to act that way. And in 1954, two very special words were added to the pledge that gave credit where it was long past due. By a congressional act, they added the words, Under God. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. For years, our flag has played another important part in our history. It has been proudly carried by Americans into battle. Carrying the flag into battle originally had one very practical reason. It helped the commanding officers to know just where their forces were. But the flag had an even more important purpose. It acted as a rallying point for the soldiers. You see, the fighting often centered around the flag. And if the soldier carrying it was killed or wounded, others would rally round the flag to keep the enemy from capturing it. Because if the flag was captured, many soldiers would just give up fighting. So you see, to carry our flag into battle is not just a duty, it's an honor. And there is no more powerful story on record regarding our flag than the unbelievable story of just how our American flag came to be raised during the terrible battle of Iwo Jima. The American forces had been hopping in the Pacific from island to island, taking on the Japanese strongholds built up on these islands. But there was one island which was particularly strategic to both sides because the Japanese army had used it as an airstrip to launch air attacks against the Allies. This island was Iwo Jima, and taking it was crucial to an American victory in the Pacific and the Japanese knew it. So, on February the 19th, 1945, when thousands of American Marine forces landed the beaches of Iwo Jima, they knew it would be a terrible battle with heavy casualties. But no one could imagine just how terrible it would really be. As expected, the Marines had to fight for days before finally securing a hold, and then they began to fight up Mount Sarabachi, the highest point on the island. It must have been exciting for those looking on to see the great strides that were being made by our forces as they fought their way up. And then, on February the 23rd, less than one week after the fight began, the Americans took that hill. But just being there wasn't enough. The men wanted to plant their American flag at the top. So, up began the dangerous climb of Marines and photographer, and none of them knew they were about to play a part in one of the most famous photographic events in the history of our nation. And as Marines on land and sea anxiously watched the scene, six brave Marines climbed that hill and proudly planted the American flag. And by doing so, they said for all to hear, we're Americans, this is our hill, and with God's help, we're 
going to keep it. Thousands of Marines let go with screams and celebration. It must have been an unbelievable scene. Then, later, a second larger flag was placed and a second picture was taken. This time with 16 Marines standing by the flag, raising their arms and weapons in triumph. It was a tremendous moment in American history. But no one knew that those few moments of proud celebration by the Marines, no one could imagine the horror that was about to come. Because what followed was the single bloodiest battle fought in all of World War II, with over 6,000 American Marines killed. Of the six men who raised that first flag, only three lived to ever see the famous picture. Of the 16 in the second picture, seven were killed and four wounded before the battle was even over. In fact, one of the photographers who was there, a civilian, died just days later while trying to save the life of a wounded Marine. It has been said that this terrible battle, the Battle of Iwo Jima, would not have been won by our Americans had it not been for their tremendous courage. And even more, from the strength they received that day, that moment, as they watched their American flag proudly raised on that hill for all to see. So for those of us who think our flag is not important, think again. And if your flag's not up today, put it up now while there's still time. Fly it high. Fly it proud. I'm taking a break now, but while I'm gone, think about this word, duty. Each of those men at Iwo Jima, each of those Marines, each had their own part, their own duty, and they did it. It was founding father Thomas Paine who said this, the biggest mistake that we can make is to think that because we can only do a little, we do nothing. And I believe one of the great, great problems that we have in our America today is that there are so many, so many good, good people doing nothing. I'm Jerry Stewart. When I return, I'll tell you the amazing story of one man, Jack Joette, who did his own small part and saved Thomas Jefferson's life. I'll be back after these messages. We the People is brought to you in part by Freedom Boat Club. There was a tiny crack in the corner of Mike's glass, spreading like a spider across his windshield. He wasn't worried. His first thought was a new free windshield and cash on the spot. He called 813-96-GLASS, 813-96-GLASS. If it's chipped or cracked, we'll buy it back. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America. We tackle a lot of serious issues here on The Answer. Now let's discuss something I know you really care about, your money. No doubt by now you've accumulated a nest egg during your lifetime. Congratulations are in order, but now is the time to protect that money while still growing it. Folks, I'm here to tell you about Sagicor Life Insurance Company. Sagicor Life offers very attractive insurance products designed with you in mind, like products that give you a bonus day one, provide tax-deferred growth of principal with absolutely no risk in case of a market downturn. Best of all, a tax efficient way for you to maintain access to your money for emergencies or health care expenses. And should you never need your money, it can transfer to your beneficiaries tax-free. To learn more about how life insurance and annuities can make your life better, get in touch with my friends at Sagicor Life. Call 813-387-5590. That's 813-387-5590. Or go to SagicorLifeUSA.com. 
We are here to give you strength between Sundays. Jesus does not want to be the most important part of your life. Jesus wants to be your life. He wants all of who you are. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570, online at letstalkfaith.com. The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. Now here's syndicated columnist Cal Thomas. America is 242 years old today. I remember the bicentennial and the unity of that day, the inspiring tall ships, the incredible version of our national anthem sung by Sandy Patty at the end of ABC News' coverage. That day, I took off for London from New York and had a view of New York Harbor. To say it was inspiring would be an understatement. In our contentious society today, the bicentennial seems like ancient history. Then we loved America and mostly each other. Now the level of hate and invective is tearing us apart. There are calls for riots and worse. Shootings escalate, as in Annapolis last week, where a gunman killed at least five people and wounded others who may not survive. Incivility seems to be the norm today. What happened to manners and deportment? Gone with ill wind. This July 4th, why don't each of us commit a patriotic act? Let's pray for America and her revival, the kind of revival that God has sent in the past to save us from ourselves. No politician, no judge can do what God can do if we humble ourselves before him. Happy 4th. I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary, visit calthomas.com or write us at Values Through Media, P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. That's P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. Please specify the date and subject. Your tax-deductible gifts to Values Through Media help support us. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house, and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly, and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. A chaplain in the U.S. Air Force Reserve says Independence Day is an occasion for the church to renew its commitment to the proclamation of the gospel. Daryl Cornett, a pastor of First Baptist Church in Hazard, Kentucky, says because God has continued to bless us with a free society, that the door for sharing the gospel remains wide open. He says our culture has always had sin problems. Where sinful people exist in a fallen world, the enemy is always at work challenging God's design. He told Baptist Press that in America, we have incredible freedom to proclaim our faith, We should be thankful that the first of the amendments to the Constitution provides every individual with freedom for personal religion. Patrick Frost reporting. Anti-Semitism rears its head in Holland. Police have arrested a man suspected of painting swastikas on the wall of Amsterdam's oldest Jewish cemetery. The 300-year-old graveyard was defaced over the past weekend. It had been in decline for seven decades before local Jews refurbished it in 2013 at a cost of $150,000. This is SRN News. 
Israeli police have arrested 11 protesters following clashes which left three officers injured in a Bedouin village in the West Bank. The Palestinian Red Crescent said at least 35 people were injured. The village is home to around 180 Bedouin who have been on or close to the site since the 1950s. Israel's Supreme Court approved the demolition. Israel says the residents did not have building permission and they would all be relocated. Palestinians counter that Israel does not approve such building permits. That is BBC's Tom Bateman reporting the Trump administration is rescinding Obama-era guidance meant to promote diversity among students. The administration says the government would no longer encourage schools to use race as a factor in the admissions process. In fact, Attorney General Jeff Sessions calls those changes an effort to restore what he refers to as the rule of law. With this issue, some universities say they intend to continue their diversity efforts as before. More details at srnews.com. Faith Talk 570, WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. We the People is brought to you in part by The Bullet Hole. And now we return to We the People. Hello and welcome back to this special 4th of July birthday celebration of our America. And since America is us, you and me, then today, this day, Independence Day is truly a birthday celebration for us all. Now, when I was just a boy in elementary school, all of the kids in my class were taught a poem that started off like this. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. It told the story of the ride patriot Paul Revere took that night, April the 18th, 1775 to warn the local militia that the British were coming. It was a brave and daring act of courage. But did you know that there was another rider, another ride, that may very well have been more daring than that of Paul Revere? Listen to this story. His name was Jack Joet. He was the captain of the colonist Virginia militia stationed in Charlottesville, Virginia. On the night of June the 3rd, 1781, Joette was sleeping on the lawn of a local tavern, but he was awakened by the sound of horses, a lot of horses. When he got a clear view of the horsemen, a chill ran down his spine. Leading that group of British white coats was an officer, a British officer that he recognized, a Colonel Bannister Tarleton, who had been come to be known as the Butcher because of his butcherous ways in the war. Tarleton and his men were in a gallop, heading down the road to Charlottesville some 40 miles away, and Jouette knew why. The Virginia General Assembly was in session there, and Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and many of the other colonist leaders were there. And if they could capture these important leaders of the rebel forces, it could seriously damage the cause for freedom. Now, those patriots, he knew, must be warned. But how? It was 40 miles to Charlottesville. Paul Revere had ridden only 12 miles in his famous ride, and he was able to stay on the main road. But Joette could not use the main road as it was covered with British scouts who could easily capture him. So 
Did Joette determine the task to be too hard and dangerous and just go back to sleep? <laughs> Absolutely not. He saddled up his horse and began his ride to Charlottesville through the dense woods. Based on later recorded accounts, here is what Joette faced that night. Quote, the infrequent pathway over which this horseman set out on his all-night journey can only be imagined. His progress was greatly impeded by matted undergrowth, tangled bushes, overhanging vines and gullies. His face was cruelly lashed by tree limbs as he rode forward, and scars said to have remained the rest of his life were the result of lacerations sustained by low-hanging branches. Wow. It was an almost impossible task. But Jack Joet would not be deterred. His strong will, his speedy horse, and a full moon that night gave him the advantage that he needed, and miraculously he beat Butcher Tarleton to Charlottesville. His first stop was at Monticello, the home of Thomas Jefferson. He awoke Jefferson and the others staying at his house. And then Captain Joette, exhausted by his almost impossible task, jumped back on his horse and headed to Charlottesville to warn the other assemblymen. And because he made that ride, because of his efforts, all were warned, all were saved. But here's the question, just how close to being captured was Thomas Jefferson. Well, according to one published account on the life of Thomas Jefferson, shortly after Joette's warning, Jefferson and the others fled his home. But get this, as he rode away, Jefferson realized that in his haste, he had accidentally dropped his sword on the front lawn of his home, so he rode back to get it. And according to the account as reported in his biography, Jefferson told the story later that as he was on the lawn of his home picking up his sword, he discovered that the British troops were already in his home. Wow, Jack Joet had saved Thomas Jefferson's life. And one final thought for all of us to remember, what we do, what needs to be done, is our duty. Some may do less and get all of the fame and attention. Some may do more and no one even recognizes. But it's not the fame or fortune that should drive us to what we do or don't do. The driving force is to know what we must do and do it. I'm taking a break now, but when I return, I will tell you another amazing story I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Independence Day program after these messages. We the People is brought to you in part by Dominic's Blinds and Decor. Personal defense begins at Aegis Tactical. I'm JC, co-owner of Aegis Tactical. Women come to our shop because they know that we will help them overcome any obstacle that they have. Shooting with a personal instructor to being comfortable with that gun, becoming confident with that gun, and becoming proficient with that gun. Google Aegis Tactical in Lakewood Ranch at AegisGuns.com. A-E-G-I-S Guns.com. AegisGuns.com. 
Hi, it's Lois Falconetti of Dominic's Blinds and Decor. Dominic's proudly offers American-made solar screens to protect your family from these Florida UV rays. If you want to be able to open your blinds or shades with the touch of a button in your home or even across the country, we can provide you with motorized shades and teach you how to operate them. Dominic's Blinds and Decor, Clark and McIntosh. Dominic's proudly American-made. Hey, hon, uh, you know my brother's bachelor party thing in Vegas next month? Well, I was just kind of hoping that maybe... Oh, wait, sweetie, did I show you my new pistol from the bullet hole? Uh, no. So small and cute, but so accurate and powerful. Why, with my new holster from the bullet hole, you'd never know I was carrying. Now, did you say something about a bachelor party? No. No, I didn't. In fact, how about dinner out tonight? Spa day? Get your nails done? The Bullet Hole. Corner of Orange and Dolphin, downtown Sarasota. Hello, this is Kelly Stewart. Are you hearing some of these powerful stories of America today for the first time? How would you like to get your own copy of today's program to share with your family and friends? Today, we are offering two specials for this 4th of July. That's right, two different ways to get this program. First, you can get today's program on CD for only $11.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. Or ask for the 4th of July special and get all this. Today's program special on CD and an autographed manuscript of the program to read for yourself, even to share at church or school. But order right now. And in addition, you will also get Jerry's book, Saving America, for no additional charge. All this for sixteen ninety-five plus five dollars shipping and handling, a total cost of just twenty-one ninety-five. Call eight one seven five seven six two nine seven six now to place your order, or go online to our website at www.jerrystewartusa.com. Let's keep America going in the right direction. Let's be positive. Let's be patriotic. But most of all, let us be praying. That number again, 817-576-2976. Or go online to jerrystewartusa.com. Call now. Thanks, Kelly. I need to encourage each of you today to stand up, to speak out for our America to sit down with your family and to examine and study the rights our founding fathers gave to us along with our freedom. But more than anything, don't just take the rights. Take responsibility. Be part of the solution for our America. Now, back to the show. We the People is brought to you in part by Sagicor Life Insurance. Hello and welcome back to this special Independence Day program. I'm Jerry Stewart. As I've spent time studying our American history and just how we came to be a nation, there's always been one question I've not been able to resolve, and that is just how the 13 colonies were able to join together to take on the British Empire. You see, the colonies were made up of people who had come from many different places. And although they were all under the rule of the British, they were certainly not all English. Plus, the colonies had taken a position that each colony stood alone and was not necessarily connected to any other. In fact, when someone arrived from another colony, they were treated as foreigners. 
So when you put this together with the fact that at the time of our American Revolution, there was still a large part of the population who were British loyalists, just how are our founding fathers able to make the revolution happen? Well, before it could happen, something quite miraculous must occur to bond the colonies into one larger nation. And this miracle happened through a preacher by the name of George Whitfield. Since the pilgrims had first landed at Plymouth Rock and dedicated their settlement to Jesus Christ, a lot had changed in our nation, and a spiritual lukewarmness had settled over America. And although many preachers like Jonathan Edwards, William Tennant, were trying to reignite this spiritual fire, it was not to happen until George Whitfield came to America. Everywhere Whitfield went, revivals would break out. Jonathan Edwards said, It is wonderful to see what a spell he casts over an audience by proclaiming the simplest truths. When he arrives, mechanics shut up their shops. The day laborers throw down their tools to go and hear him, and few return unaffected. The first time Whitfield preached in Philadelphia, it was from the courthouse steps. The streets were jammed, but everyone stood perfectly still. His sermons were simple and straightforward, but they carried a powerful message that all men are created equal and all are seen the same in the eyes of God. But even more importantly, when God sees a man's soul, he doesn't see him as a Presbyterian or a Methodist or a Baptist. He sees him as a believer or an unbeliever in Christ. That first day he spoke in Philadelphia, Whitfield didn't notice he had a very famous guest in the crowd, Benjamin Franklin. And as Franklin listened to Whitfield's words and observed the people's reactions, he noticed something very powerful was happening. Franklin said, It is wonderful to see the changes being made in the manner of our inhabitants, from being thoughtless and indifferent about religion. It seemed as if all the world was becoming religious so that one literally could not walk through the town in an evening without hearing psalms sung in the streets. Benjamin Franklin, a scientist himself, was also amazed with the carrying power of Whitfield's voice. One night, as he listened to Whitfield preach, Franklin retraced his steps backwards down the street until he could no longer hear him. From this, the amazed Franklin computed that in open space, Whitfield's voice could be heard by 30,000 people. Wow. And year after year, Whitfield continued to preach, never stopping to rest, and his health began to fail him, but he could not stop. He continued to speak, and people continued to come by the tens of thousands. One observer described hearing a sound like distant thunder, and then seeing a great cloud of dust rising along the road. It was people riding as fast as they could to hear Whitfield's sermon. In one six-week period, he preached a hundred different places, riding the main roads and back roads covering nearly 2,000 miles in five months. Friends would beg him to rest, but he was compelled. He could not stop. And something very miraculous was happening. For the first time, denominational barriers were being broken down, and all were accepting Christ in the same way. 
But even more amazing, geographical barriers were also being broken down, and suddenly these barriers did not matter. The Americans were becoming one people. They were suddenly aware of themselves as one nation, a body of believers who had a national identity as a people chosen by God for a specific purpose, to be the light in a darkened world. You see, God had given George Whitfield a tremendous task to awaken the slumbering hearts of the American people, and he had obeyed. Between 1736 and 1770, George Whitfield preached more than 18,000 sermons. But then, in 1770, his health, now broken, and his breathing tormented by asthma attacks, he drove himself as never before. He preached in Boston just five days before the Boston Massacre, and then he went on to New Hampshire where it seemed the entire district had turned out to hear him. As he stood to speak, it seemed he wasn't able. He was just too weak, so he paused to pray. His voice came out again, strong and clear, and for an hour he preached with such power that the audience was spellbound. On and on he went into the second hour, seeming to look right into heaven. And then he stopped, absolutely exhausted. That night, he had a fitful sleep. Then that next morning, despite a crushing pain to his chest, nevertheless, he pulled himself out of his bed to see one last dawn's morning light. Then George Whitfield died. He was gone to be with the Lord. But the new day would soon break, and George Whitfield's job was complete. America was now a nation, one nation under God. And it makes me think about today, about we, the people in America today, how it seems so hard to get people to stand in one place together, to find a way to agree and go forward. And honestly, I believe with all my heart that until we can put God back in his rightful place as the true father of our nation, following him and his words and his ideals, until we do that, I cannot see us ever being able to be proudly one nation under God. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'm taking a break now, but I'll be back with some final thoughts after these messages. Hello, this is Kelly Stewart. Are you hearing some of these powerful stories of America today for the first time? How would you like to get your own copy of today's program to share with your family and friends? Today, we are offering two specials for this 4th of July. First, you can get today's program on CD for only $11.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. Or ask for the 4th of July special and get all this. Today's program special on CD and an autographed manuscript of the program to read for yourself. But order right now 
And in addition, you will also get Jerry's book, Saving America. All this for sixteen ninety five plus five dollars shipping and handling. A total cost of just twenty one ninety five. Call eight one seven five seven six two nine seven six now to place your order or go online to our website at www.jerrystewartusa.com. Call now. Hello, I'm Jeff Day, president of Argus University's Tampa and Sarasota campuses. If you're a member of the military, a military spouse, or a veteran interested in earning a college degree, we should talk. As a military-inclusive college, we are committed to providing support for your education and career goals. Our undergraduate and graduate degree programs are designed to prepare you for a variety of careers in psychology, counseling, education, business, and criminal justice. To learn more, go to argosy.edu slash tempa. There was a tiny crack in the corner of Mike's glass, spreading like a spider across his windshield. He wasn't worried. His first thought was a new free windshield and cash on the spot. He called 813-96-GLASS, 813-96-GLASS. If it's chipped or cracked, we'll buy it back. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. We tackle a lot of serious issues here on The Answer. Now let's discuss something I know you really care about, your money. No doubt by now you've accumulated a nest egg during your lifetime. Congratulations are in order, but now is the time to protect that money while still growing it. Folks, I'm here to tell you about Sagicor Life Insurance Company. Sagicor Life offers very attractive insurance products designed with you in mind, like products that give you a bonus day one, provide tax-deferred growth or principal with absolutely no risk in case of a market downturn. Best of all, a tax-efficient way for you to maintain access to your money for emergencies or health care expenses. And should you never need your money, it can transfer to your beneficiaries tax-free. To learn more about how life insurance and annuities can make your life better, get in touch with my friends at Sagicor Life. Call 813-387-5590. That's 813-387-5590. Or go to SagicorLifeUSA.com. Again, SagicorLifeUSA.com. This is a paid endorsement products have limitations and restrictions, including surrender terms that are not available in all states. Sagicor is not licensed in Alaska, Connecticut, Maine, and New York. We the People is brought to you in part by Auto Glass America. Hello, and welcome back to this special 4th of July program. I'm Jerry Stewart. We've spent this time today talking about America and just how it's come to be the greatest nation in the world. And as I've worked on this program, my heart has swelled with pride. I've got to say it. I'm proud to be an American. But as I swell with pride, I must admit, at the same time, I feel a deep sadness over just what our nation has become. And I wonder what our founding fathers would say if they could walk our streets today. Oh, I'm sure they would be extremely impressed with our growth and technology It's very impressive, but just how impressed would they be when they discovered that we have systematically taken all the things they built America on and have driven them right into the ground? We have taken the very God they cherished and rested upon, and we've pushed him out of our schools, out of our government buildings. Our hands are covered with the blood of innocent children. Thousands upon tens of thousands killed every year, all in the name of a woman's choice. We have allowed our society to become lazy and rebellious. Our morals have fallen to an all-time low, and most Americans can't even see it. 
Yes, if our founding fathers could only see us now. But just where do we go from here? Is it too late? Is there still time to salvage this wonderful America we all long for? Yes, but we can't rely on others to make the fix. It requires all of us. You see, our nation was not just built by one group or one person. It was built by millions of Americans standing arm to arm with God's help. And that's what we must do now. We must stand for what is right and good. We must be an example to our children. A wise man once said, You cannot lift your children to a higher level than that on which you live yourself. And that is so true. We must be sure that our children are being taught morality, the sanctity of life, honesty, and responsibility. We must not allow liberal-minded historians to rewrite our history or cause us to forget what we know to be true. In 1831, after visiting America, French writer Alexis de Tocqueville said this, I sought for the greatness of America in her harbors, her rivers, her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and it wasn't there. Not until I went to the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. I have concluded that America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. So today, let's stand tall. Let's wave our flags. Let's have a great day of fun and food and fireworks. But let us take a moment on our knees, thanking God for our freedom and asking Him, no, begging Him, to once again bless our great nation, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'm Jerry Stewart saying goodbye for now. May God bless America. May God bless you. here to give you strength between Sundays. You have to be mindful when you get hooked up with the devil. It's not going to work out. You're not going to get away with it. But John 10, 10 says, he came to steal, kill, and destroy you. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. We're grateful for our pastors, for every hospital visit, every prayer, and for every time you share God's word. 
We're saying thanks again at our annual Pastors Appreciation Day, Thursday, October 11th, at Armature Works in Tampa. Pastor, come enjoy food, fellowship, and a special word of encouragement from the president of Dallas Theological Seminary, Dr. Mark Bailey, and we'll equip you with free resources and seminars to strengthen your ministry. Faith Talks, Pastors Appreciation Day, October 11th. RSVP today at letstalkfaith.com. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump tweeting a military-themed Independence Day video. Greeting to the nation in a short recording, he said today he and First Lady Melania Trump wishing everyone a happy holiday. He marked the 242nd anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, but his focus was on the U.S. military and veterans. President declaring our freedom has been earned through the blood and sweat and sacrifice of our American heroes. Thai authorities working with Navy SEALs to run a fiber optic line into a flooded cave in northern Thailand where 12 young soccer players and their coach are trapped. A communication technician says once the cable is installed, phone calls to the cave will be possible to help provide counseling to those stuck now for almost two weeks. In latest videos released by the Thai Navy, the boys and the coach apparently are fine, but rescuers say trying to extract them is a whole nother story. They don't even know where to start. This is SRN News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. We are here to give you strength between Sundays. Let's not talk about glory. Let's talk about suffering. It's the cross, then the crown. It's humiliation, then the exaltation. Guys, are you up for that? In God's goodness, they were up for it. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. It's long, over a 1,000 chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Finding faith together. The new Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Also available on the iHeartRadio app. This hour is sponsored by EDI Travel. was Catherine Lee Bates, and she was uh, the person responsible for writing America the Beautiful back in 1913. I'm Bill Bunkley, and welcome to this special 4th of July presentation here on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. What a very special day this is, the day that America celebrates her Declaration of Independence, a day that uh, is marveled at not only by people here in America, but many around the world. 
Because back in 1776, on the 4th of July, 13 small colonies decided it was time for them to separate themselves from the crown, from the United Kingdom. And this was the event that eventually led to something very unique, and that was the the United States of America. Individual states all working together under one federal umbrella. Now, of course, this 4th of July is also known as uh, Independence Day, and uh, we are excited that you're with us this afternoon to spend a few moments uh, as you are out and about this very special day spending some time with us during this historical event. Now, the American Revolution is where this was coming together, and that was the, um, the result of this legal separation because that, was, that is what the document was all about. It was a proclamation and a legal separation from Great Britain. Now, it actually occurred two days earlier, on July the 2nd, 1776, and that's when the Second Continental Congress voted to approve a resolution of independence that had actually been put forth in June by a Virginian by the name of Richard Henry Lee, and, uh, of course, that um, uh, proclamation was declaring that the United States were indeed telling the world that they were now and intending to be in the future independent of Great Britain. Now, of course, uh, at that time, the Congress, as it was, turned its attention to the Declaration of Independence, which was, again, that legal document that stated what they had all come together and they had decided to move forward with. Now, there was five of the delegates to that Congress that actually uh, wrote the, um, the words, and uh, we all remember one of those uh, gentlemen very, very vividly because his name was Thomas Jefferson. And Thomas Jefferson would later go on to be president of the United States. Well, Mr. Jefferson was the principal author. Now, the Congress in that very hot and steamy summer. And I got to tell you what, think of the heavy clothing that was uh, worn by many of these men, as well as the wigs at time. And uh, remember the humid conditions of how hot it was. And uh, this was the type of um, days that they were meeting in with the, the meeting house, with the windows, and in some instances the doors flung wide open to get as much air as possible into the room where they were uh, deliberating. And uh, they had quite a debate, quite a debate. And in fact, um, there is a famous letter I'd like to share with you from John Adams. And this is a letter that John Adams uh, had actually written to his wife, Abigail. And he writes, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epic in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this country to the other from this time forward and forevermore. Now, of course, uh, Adam's prediction 
uh, was off by a couple of days because uh, from the outset, America actually celebrated independence on the 4th, which was the date that uh, was much publicized uh, of the Declaration of Independence rather than the actual day that the resolution was approved on July the 2nd. By the way, it was in a closed session of the Congress. Uh, But I tell you what, I am so thankful for our founding fathers because on this 4th of July, not only is it a time for us to recognize how important that fateful decision was and that your life and my life on this 4th would not be the same had it not been for these very brave colonists who voted to separate themselves from Great Britain, but it was also some of the principles that were involved with this. Because as you hear the the tone of the letter from uh, John Adams to his wife Abigail and his thoughts about what this day would mean in the future. And so we're looking at 1776, fast forwarding to this year, and as the future president again uh, would talk about the fact that this day would be to be celebrated with pomp and parades. And, of course, we still do pomp and parades, don't we? Amen. There'll be shows. There'll be games. There'll be sporting events. How about this? Guns. Now, that'd be pretty controversial with some today. But for those who question Second Amendment rights, well, we have one of the founding fathers even calling for guns to be part of, this, of the official celebration each year. Bells and bonfires and illuminations. And I tell you what, if you haven't had a chance to go out on the 4th of July lately, you know that uh, not just one location, but many locations around uh, our whole central Florida area, there's opportunities to go out and see not only illuminations, but grand illuminations. And I'm talking about uh, the fireworks. And, of course, he had this vision from one end of the continent uh, to the other from that time to forevermore. And um, that is just very, very special to me and just Something that uh, to see that this tradition has been carried forward is special. But one line I want to call our attention to for just a moment. He wrote, it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. And, you know, that's what I want to focus on for just a moment. Because I hope today that as you are celebrating our 4th of July yet once again, I hope that Almighty God is part of that celebration. For you see, it was uh, an opportunity for the Founding Fathers to also demonstrate their relationship and their respect to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, many of these people were followers of Christ, but some were not followers. We certainly have heard uh, a a lot of the great debate about some of the deists of of the time, but the, the the point to be made is is that this entire group of men who decided to throw the crown uh, off from the encumbrance upon their shoulders, they knew that it would be very, very rocky times ahead. And in fact, I want to share a little bit about some of the sacrifice of those founding fathers, because often we forget the sacrifices that they paid. But how important it is to remember that John Adams called us, called us to be sober-minded and to be very focused on a devotion to God Almighty and to thank God Almighty and to ask his blessings upon this, this country because they were very dependent upon God. Now, today, we don't necessarily see all that dependence on him, 
But I want to tell you, for the remnant of people who still love the Lord Jesus Christ and are, are part of that body of Christians in this country, I hope that all of us have this sense of unity and this sense of patriotism for the United States of America on this very, very special day, a day that we talk about the 4th of July. Now, coming up in a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened to some of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, because I think that's an important study indeed as well. Because you see, the freedom that you and I have this afternoon, you know that freedom isn't free. Just a a few months ago, in the last few years, we know about the men and women who have given their lives in, well, Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam and Korea and Grenada uh, two world wars, but of course we're going to talk look a little bit about what happened to some of the early signers who, when they signed this document, they knew some of them knew that they might not live. Some of them knew they would be targeted, and some who personally knew the King of England knew that they were going to come after them. So, in a moment, we'll talk more about this special day of the Fourth of July. But we are delighted to have you with us this afternoon, and honored for you to be part of our audience. I'm Bill Bunkley. Don't go away, because we'll be right back. We're grateful for our pastors, for every hospital visit, every prayer, and for every time you share God's Word. We're saying thanks again at our annual Pastors Appreciation Day, Thursday, October 11th, at Armature Works in Tampa. Pastor, come enjoy food, fellowship, and a special word of encouragement from the president of Dallas Theological Seminary, Dr. Mark Bailey. And we'll equip you with free resources and seminars to strengthen your ministry. Faith Talks, Pastors Appreciation Day, October 11th. RSVP today at letstalkfaith.com. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley, keeping believers in touch with God. Somebody says, I want to be used of God. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. You really want to be used of God? Yes. If you're not willing for God to put you in the struggles of life to build spiritual strength, listen, our usefulness before God will be greatly be determined by our willingness to walk through the valleys of difficulty, hardship, trial, tribulation, and bloody times. If Jesus Christ went through those struggles and trials and He was crucified for us, The Apostle Paul, God's great servant, went through those things. Who in the world are we to say, Now, Lord, I want your power in my life, and and I want answered prayer, and I want all of these things. It doesn't mean that God won't answer your prayer, and God won't do some good things in your life. Surely will, because He's a good God. But we're talking about being used of God. For help and hope from God's Word, visit In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley at InTouch.org. Sarasota Christian School provides Christ-centered education for students pre-K through 12th grade. Here's what some of the parents had to say about Sarasota Christian School. Sarasota Christian has been a great fit for our daughters. They both receive an excellent education uh, with the ability to exercise their Christian faith. There's good godly people here. You can feel the community. You can feel the unity of the school. From an outside perspective, you may see a small private Christian school that does well for you know its size and athletics. It has a great academic program, but more than that, just Being able to fellowship uh, in a kingdom manner with each other on an academic level as well as life in general. 
these parents are pleased to send their children to Sarasota Christian. Find out how you can too. Learn more at sarasotachristian.org. That's sarasotachristian.org. I wonder how many would describe the Christians they know as gracious people. Hello, I'm Chuck Swindoll. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, stop and take a quick analysis. Does your presence bring charm? Do your words bring hope? Is there grace in your style? Reinhold Niebuhr once wrote, You may be able to compel people to maintain certain minimum standards by stressing duty, but the highest moral and spiritual achievements depend not upon a push, but a pull. People must be charmed into righteousness. Let's see how gracious and charming we can be in the name of Christ. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. Hi, this is Tony Bunkley. As you may know, Bill's on the road to full recovery, and the whole family's looking forward to having you along on our pilgrimage to the Holy Land this November. Bill's worked closely with Boaz Shalgi and EDI Travel to craft an incredible itinerary. We traveled with EDI last year, and our trip was so inspirational. This time, we want you with us as we visit Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, Masada, even Petra in Jordan, and so much more. You can see it all, including Jerusalem's new U.S. Embassy and a special dinner at Boaz Private Residence. As someone in the travel industry, let me say that this all-inclusive trip at just $3,925 is an incredible value. Join me, Bill and Zach, on this 10-day all-inclusive pilgrimage November 10th through the 19th. Call 813-515-1510. That's 813-515-1510. I'll personally answer all of your questions or check out all the details at letstalkfaith.com. Saturday afternoons at 4. It's time for Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. God allows that seed to grow. The mustard seed is a seed, and seeds are meant to grow. God begins with small things, but God's purpose is that whatever he starts small will end big. Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs, Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk 570 WTVN, online at letstalkfaith.com. That was My Country, Tis of Thee, which was uh, written in 1831 by Samuel Francis Smith. And he was actually a student at Andover Theological Seminary in Andover, Massachusetts. And I want to tell you, that was a time when some of those uh, schools up in the Northeast, they were all based on the theology of the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh my, how things have changed. If you're just joining us, I'm Bill Bunkley, and this is our Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN 4th of July special. And we are very, very honored to have you with us this afternoon if you're just joining us. We're paying a few moments just to look back and uh, pay our respects for this very important day, the Declaration of Independence, where we uh, decided that it, we were going we to go on our own. It was time for us to be our own nation. And uh, this was a day that started 
something that was going to be very, very special in the annals of history. And so as we are spending some time with you this afternoon, coming up in just a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit about the price that the founding fathers actually paid because it was a large price indeed. But before we do, a few more facts and, well, some trivia about the the whole uh, Declaration of Independence and, of course, the 4th of July celebration. You know, historians have long fought back and forth about whether Congress actually signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, even though, well, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, including Ben Franklin, all of them independently had writings later on that they had actually signed it on that day. Most of the historians that have been combing through the documents all these years, they have decided that the Declaration was actually signed about 30 days after it was uh, adopted. Now, that would put that date around August the 2nd, 1776, and not, uh, well, July the 4th, as, well, most people believe and what we celebrate here today. Now, something else has a coincidence on July the 4th, and uh, I don't know whether you knew this, but um, in, in, in two of the people who were very, very central of the founding fathers that were so prominent uh, there on that uh, fourth, uh, first 4th of July was John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Now, both of those individuals actually, believe it or not, they were only the signers that actually later served as president of the United States. Many people believe, though they're not familiar with some of the early presidents, that more of the founding fathers actually served the nation as president, but that's not true. Only John Adams and Thomas Jefferson actually uh, did that. Now, something that's very, very remarkable to me. A special date was July the 4th, 1826. That's 1826. That just so happened to be the 50th, the 50th anniversary of the Declaration. Now, I want to tell you that uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson did not always see eye to eye. And I want to tell you that when the signers were in debate behind those closed doors at time, at times, uh, there was some very, very heated discussions about just what direction this country ought to take. But I want to tell you that John Adams and Thomas Jefferson always had, uh, though they had some disagreements in philosophy, they always had a very close uh, a tie. And so close was that tie was on that July the 4th, 1826, 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, both of them died on the exact same date. And that has been something that has been just one of those uh, very special, um, uh, just, just a nugget of history that's always been something that has always delighted me to, not delighted necessarily that they, that they died, but delighted about the fact of how special that is, that after the long life of service and what they did for you and I, that they both happened to die on the 50th anniversary of this date of the Declaration. Now, there was another founding father, uh, wasn't actually one who signed the Declaration of Independence, but James Monroe would rise to become president, and he actually also died on July 4th. That was July 4th, 1831, and he became the third president in a row. Uh, who died on this very special day. The 30th president of the United States, Calvin Coolidge, well, 
He was born on July the 4th, 1872, and so far, uh, as we uh, have presidents coming to us every four to eight years, he's the only president to have been born on Independence Day. Now, talking about the Founding Fathers, when we come back, want to spend a few moments talking about uh, the price that they paid. But we're going to be uh, taking a break, and I want you to listen to the words of the Battle Hymn of the Republic also known as Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory. Uh, It was written by Julia Ward Howe, and uh, this was first published in 1861 in the Atlantic Monthly. And uh, this was a song that talked about the judgment of the wicked at the end of time. And, of course, the focus of this song was on the American Civil War. And, of course, the Battle Hymn of the Republic has been one of just one of the traditional favorites of our country and certainly a traditional favorite here on the 4th of July. So let's listen in and more of our special 4th of July celebration coming up next. I'm Bill Bunkley. I'll be right back.
to give you strength between Sundays. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross, rose from the dead, John said, let me tell you something. It's something we touch, we've seen it, it does something to our senses. It's real. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570, online at letstalkfaith.com. Sunday mornings at 9, join Rabbi Stephen Weiler for Heart of Messiah. If you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root who supports you. In verse 20 and 21, it says to the Christians, don't be arrogant. If God didn't spare Jewish people for unbelief, why would he spare you? Heart of Messiah, Sunday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, and online at letstalkfaith.com. You love the Bible. You read the stories as a child. What if you could see them come to life? In Israel, black and white scriptures transform into powerful living color. Picture this. Yesterday, you stood at the Sea of Galilee and were baptized in the Jordan River. Today, you explore the remains of Nazareth. Tomorrow, on to Jerusalem, where every path leads toward the life of Christ and the story of God's purpose on earth. These moments can be yours when you join Tony and Lois Evans for Experience Israel 2018, November 7th through 16th. Come experience the legendary land of Israel and be led into the presence of God. Accompanied by gifted worship artists Anthony Evans and Meredith Andrews, your time in Israel is sure to be rich with spiritual meaning and impact. Visit letstalkfaith.com. That's letstalkfaith.com. Or call 855-448-7226 and book your journey to Israel today. Writing a Christian book, you're doing an amazing thing, getting it all down on paper. But once you've got the manuscript, then what? Well, you can spend a year or more trying to find a publisher, or you can cut right to the chase. Make your book real with Zulon Press. Finding a publisher is time-consuming and uncertain. With Zulon Press, things are quick and definite. They specialize in one thing, helping Christian authors put their books in print. Zulon Press will publish your book. Zulon Press gets it into bookstores. Your book is on Amazon. Work with Zulon Press, and there's no question, you are a published author. If you're writing a Christian book, get your free publishing guide from Zulon Press. Just log on to ChristianPublishing.com. That's ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press, book publishing by Christians for Christians. Get your free publishing guide at ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press is a division of Salem Communications, the same people who bring you this nifty radio station. This is Hugh Hewitt for TownHall.com. As we continue the long days of summer and celebrations like the 4th of July or family vacations, it is important to keep in mind that across large parts of the world, the idea of either freedom or leisure, much less both, is so far off as to be the stuff of legend. For us, it's a taken-for-granted annual ritual. We are so blessed that we often simply forget to count those blessings and marvel at their largely uninterrupted enjoyment for 200-plus years. No, we are not a perfect nation, not even close, but we are the best hope of mankind, exceptional for all of our history, and even more so as the world collapses in so many places into abject barbarianism. Our political leaders and our courts may disappoint. Our common culture may disparage our uniqueness, but the facts of history do not lie. In the face of our many imperfections, we should all give thanks for living in this time and in this country. Happy Fourth of July from all of us here at the Salem Media Group. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. America's unique graduate leadership degree offered on its most beautiful campus.
That is the Star Spangled Banner, which is the national anthem of our country, this beautiful United States of America. The uh, song actually came from the defense of Fort McHenry. It was a poem that was written way back in 1814 by a young lawyer and an amateur poet by the name of Francis Scott Key, who was, well, 35 years at the time that he wrote it. He actually was watching the bombardment of Fort McHenry by the British ships of the Royal Navy there in uh, the famous Chesapeake Bay during the War of 1812. Now, you may not realize this, but the national anthem did not become our national anthem until, well, not too many years ago. It was March the 3rd, 1931, when the national anthem was adopted by Congress and signed into law by Henry Hoover. And I tell you what, every time we hear that star-spangled banner and we think about those stars on that blue field, it's a very, very special time indeed. And then as we also look at those 13 stars in stripes that, of course, represent the 13 colonies, i got to tell you, nowhere do you go on, on the planet that when we have our brave men and women who are on the battlefield or we see a ship going into a harbor, I've got to tell you, and I know I'm probably partial, There is no other flag right now in the time that we live that makes this statement as the flag of the United States of America. But, you know, there's a lot of prices that have been paid since that time to have the type of country and the freedom that we have today. And I got to tell you, on this 4th of July, as we celebrate it here at Faith Talk 570-910 WTBN, it is something I know for this talk show host, The Monkley family, it's something that we don't take for granted. And, you know, we've got to be very vigilant about um, what we are celebrating because if we're not careful, we we may not be celebrating the same types of Fourth of July um, uh, freedom and opportunity in the years ahead. But somebody had to pay a price. And, of course, we know in recent history, we know of the brave men and women who have been fighting on the, the battlefields, particularly with uh, the war against terrorism. But to go back to the very beginning, imagine 56 men. Some were lawyers. Many were in the field of agriculture. They were 56 different leaders here in the colonies of the United Kingdom, in the settlement of the United States of America, and they had gotten to the point with the taxation, as well as the idea of having the worship in the official Church of England church, they just decided it was time that uh, the United Kingdom was so far away that this country, this soil, had to be free. And you know, when they signed that, most of them thought, if this doesn't work out well, It could cost us our very life. And even though it worked out pretty well, maybe you're not aware of what happened to a lot of these men who so bravely signed that uh, Declaration of Independence. Five of those who signed the document actually afterwards were captured by the British troops. They were labeled traitors. They were tortured by the Redcoats before they died. Twelve of the signers, their homes were absolutely overtaken, ransacked, and burned to the ground. Two of the signers lost their sons serving in our Revolutionary Army. 
Another two had two of their sons captured, a personal price. Nine of the 56 signers fought and actually died from wounds that they had received in the Revolutionary War or other hardships. And I'm reminded at the moment of that very familiar phrase, that these 56 signed a pledge, signed a declaration, and they actually pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And that make me that makes me pause today to ask the question, I wonder how many people in America would be willing to pay that sacrifice today to maintain our freedom, to pledge our very lives that we could lose in a battle, to give up everything that we've worked for, and to put our honor on the line for this very special task. 24 were lawyers and involved with the judicial system. 11 of the founding fathers were actually in retail. They were merchants. Nine were in the field of agriculture. They were farmers. Some were very, very large plantation owners. Many of them were well off, no doubt. They were men of means, and they were also very well educated. When they signed the Declaration of Independence, they knew that they could be killed if they were captured. A Virginian by the name of Carter Braxton, who happened to be a planner and also was a a trader, well, he had ships, and his ships were destroyed by the British Navy. Uh, He had to sell his home. He had to sell his property just to pay off those that he owed. And later in life, Carter Braxton actually died a pauper. Yes, he died in rags. Another one by the name of Mr. McKean, Thomas McKean, that is. The crown just kept after him and kept after him and kept after him, and he was forced to really keep his family on the move. He was one that actually served in the Congress and did not make a dime, volunteered his time. And this was while he was so wanted and hated for what he was doing by the British crown, others had to keep his family hiding in secret. Everything that uh, Mr. McKern had was actually taken from him. He, too, ended up in poverty. Well, the properties of Mr. Dillery, Mr. Clymer, Mr. Hall, Mr. Gwinnett, Mr. Walton, Mr. Hayward, Mr. Rutledge, Mr. Middleton, either looters or soldiers cleaned out their houses. Thomas Nelson Jr. at the Battle of Yorktown, of course, he's one of the signers, noted that uh, British General Cornwallis had taken over, well, his home and made it the headquarters for the British Army in that area. And when George Washington was leading a revolutionary army, he asked General Washington to open fire on his own house. He sat there and he watched everything he worked so hard for. He watched his house destroyed and burned to the ground. This founding father also died bankrupt. Mr. Lewis, Francis Lewis, had his home and properties destroyed. 
The enemy actually put his wife in jail. He died a few months afterwards. Uh, Mr. Hart, John Hart, that is, was uh, not allowed to be at his wife's bedside as she was getting ready to pass away. Thirteen children of this uh, founding father head for the hill, head for the hills to save their lives. He had a farm of fields and he had a grist mill. They were, well, they were laid to waste. He lived in a lot of forests and caves. He he returned home to find his wife dead and his children were gone. This founding father was so exhausted that exhaustion took his life. He died of a broken heart. Same was too for Mr. Livingston and Mr. Norris. These are just many of the men and women who put it all on the line. And even though we were victorious publicly, look at the price we paid. What a dear, dear price indeed. And that's something for us to to really, really contemplate. On a day of massive celebrations, heading to the picnics, maybe heading to the beach, doing all the things, maybe at the theme park with the kids, just remember how free we are today during this 4th of July holiday. And please never forget not only the sacrifices of these original founding fathers, these 56 men, but please never, ever forget to thank a soldier, a Marine, one of our Armed Forces members. And never forget to thank one of our first responders, the police, the fire department. All of those who serve so that you and I can be free today. Because indeed, that's so. what's so special about this 4th of July Declaration of Independence. I'm Bill Bunkley. I'll be right back. I'm a firefighter, a teacher, I'm a farmer, I'm a barber, a waitress, a mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Welcome back to our special 4th of July Independence Day celebration here on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. I'm your host, Bill Bunkley. Well, as we wrap up this very, very special time together, 
I want to just uh, speak a few moments about the importance of history, importance of history. This day is very, very special to the United States of America. Why? Because if what these 56 signers decided to do, these very brave men who, many of which lost it all, paid some ultimate sacrifices in order for you and I to be free today, well, I might not be sitting here and you might not be listening to the sound of my voice where you are as well. But there's something very important to remember, and that is we must continue to pass down the history of this great country to our children, their children, and the next generation beyond that. And what I sense today is a a little bit of concern in my heart and in my spirit because we don't teach history like we used to. Many of our kids today really don't have an understanding what sacrifices are all about. Sacrifices that many of you, especially if you qualify to be one of our baby boomers, you remember because many of your moms and dads actually fought in one of those big wars, World War II. Or a little bit uh, later than that, you remember the Vietnam conflict and the, and the war in Korea. Well, the older generations know what history is all about. They know the history of our country, and they know the sacrifices that have been made for us to to have this blessed land that we have today. Unfortunately, the younger generation will not know that unless they are taught. And more and more of history is being eliminated from many of our public schools. And I got to say, mom and dad or grandmom or granddad or aunt and uncle, Any of you who have young people growing up today, I hope that on very special holidays, especially historic holidays, that in addition to the fun at the beach, at the barbecues, and watching the fireworks at night, I hope that if not this day, one day before or after our major times of celebration and historical holidays, Maybe it'd be a great time to just sit down with a with a history book, maybe a, a pictorial history book, and talk a little bit to our children about uh, just exactly what these days really mean. And I also want to say a bit about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it. This country was formed on Judeo-Christian principles. And for all of those who are trying to well rewrite the very history I'm speaking of to to attempt to get you to share that with your young sons and daughters, I want to remind you that we are here because history has been told accurately. And uh, we have so many people now trying to rewrite history and claim that there really wasn't uh, an allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, there wasn't a faith in him. Now think about this, not in the modern times that we live in, but think about that hot July summer in Philadelphia, as these men were contemplating that they were going to be signing their name on an agreement, an agreement that would be sent to the King of England. Many of these men knew the King of England, and they have come from families who were loyalists to the crown. And they were willing to put their lives and their liberty on the line to be free. Today, many of us um, don't want to really do much for our fellow man, not necessarily men and women of the cross, but you understand what I mean, the men and women of the world. But I want to tell you that it is so important for us to remember and to tell accurately the stories of our founding fathers. The uh, the history quotes that are out there where they 
uh, mentioned uh, God Almighty, or they mentioned the Lord Jesus Christ, or they talked about Christian principles. That there's so many letters, there's so many writings that uh, are uh, there in the archives. In addition to uh, you know our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, and of course the the Bill of Rights and the other amendments, there's a lot out there that really tells the story of the uh, early era of our country. As we wrap up this time together, it is always, again, a special honor for us to be with you. We know that uh, here at Faith Talk 570-910 WTBN, you know that uh, Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of the 4th of July here in America. Every year on the evening of the 4th of July, you will be hearing the next song that we are going to be showcasing as we wrap up our time with you this afternoon. It is a song that is very, very special to me. And I want to tell you that if you have had an opportunity to be at uh, one of the events where a live orchestra, and of course, probably the most uh, a famous orchestra, at least here in America, that uh, you might relate to for this song is actually the Boston Pops. The song is the 1812 Overture. Now, this was written in 1880 by Piotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky, and it was written to commemorate Russia's defense of its motherland against a, well, guy by the name of Napoleon back in the uh, war Uh, just preceding this in 1812. But I want to tell you that if you've ever heard this rendition of the 1812 Overture, complete with the cannons, the cannon fires, and they use howitzers now today to actually uh, do uh, the the actual sounding of of the firing of the guns. It is a dramatic, dramatic piece indeed. And if you're home and around your television set, remember that chances are every year, The Boston Pops is uh, having a national uh, presentation of the uh, 1812 Overture, complete with the cannons. I want to thank you so much for being with us this afternoon, and I want to tell you how much we are praying for each and every one of you. It's a very special time for us to come together as Americans. And as we are praying for your home, I want to let you know that uh, we're praying for our nation. And as we ask God's blessings upon you, I hope that before this day is out, you will also just close your eyes in prayer and ask God to bless the United States of America. Bless our president. Bless our Congress. Bless our men and women in the armed forces. Bless our first responders, both police and fire. And until we meet again very soon, I'm Bill Bunkley. Have a great evening. God bless and
There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765. Are Gideons forbidden to distribute Bibles at public schools? This is Law and Justice with Jay Sekulow. Last Sunday, we had a Gideon representative give a talk in our church, and he told us that the Gideons are now denied the right to distribute Bibles in our public school, in our district. And I wondered what the Constitution says about that. Well, it's very difficult for an outside group to come in and distribute religious materials, including Bibles, outside groups doing it. Now, the students themselves could do it, but an outside group doing it, like the Gideons, those cases have not been going in the direction of allowing the distribution unless the school has a policy allowing a vast array of groups to distribute material on campus. Generally, they don't have that. So, But again, student to student is no problem. That's the way to handle that. Help the American Center for Law and Justice battle key issues that face your faith and family. Learn more about what you can do by visiting us online at aclj.org that's aclj.org looking for more than just a job searching for a career path with a higher calling with a company who wants you for your life skills as well as your job skills find a career you can believe in find your true calling at christianjobs.com christianjobs.com is the largest christian employment website with thousands of job listings in the christian sector get connected with outstanding employers that share your values and understand there's more to you than what's in your resume i've always wanted to focus my energies in the Christian community because, to me, having a career means more than just a paycheck. ChristianJobs.com allowed me to apply all my skills in a meaningful way. Find your true dream job today at ChristianJobs.com. I found not only my dream job, but my calling at ChristianJobs.com. Once you see the long list of quality job opportunities available, you'll never settle for just a job again. Visit ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com. We say names for God, and we say things that we're thankful for. That was Chloe, a first grader describing Bible time at Sarasota Christian School. Sarasota Christian is a Christ-centered school that instills values in children no matter what age. Now meet Colin from seventh grade. All of the teachers here are meant to teach. There are some teachers that you'll always remember, and you just have such a fun time with, and it makes learning fun. And here's Lauren. I have attended Sarasota Christian School since I was in kindergarten, and now I'm a senior. Sarasota Christian School is a fabulous place to get an education. It provides such a wonderful environment that nurtures learning, building relationships, and growing in your relationship with Christ at the same time. Send your child to Sarasota Christian School. Visit sarasotachristian.org. That's sarasotachristian.org. 